Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. Welcome to Brilliant Thoughts with me, Tristan Almada, your host. If you don't know me, I am the CEO of Lab Code Agents and also the success editor for people. And today I've got Josh Ellis with me. He's the chief editor for Success Magazine, Success Inc. Rocks. Josh, welcome to the show, man. It's our first one. Tristan, it's it's about time. Been been trying to put this together for like a month, and I'm I'm glad that we're finally here. All the all the work leading up to uh, to today has paid off. This is exciting, dude. I'm pumped, bro. I'm I'm just excited that it's happening. I think this is the first one we're recording too, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I guess we should give some background. I, I, I as you said, I am the editor in chief of Success Magazine. Success Magazine uh, is in a hyper growth stage where we've basically just decided that I can't do it all. And so we need, we need talented people to represent the brand across all of our uh, channels in some very particular verticals that make the most sense given their background. And considering what you built with lab code agents uh, and, and just the way that you know about networks and networking, you were just the most obvious fit for that people editor role. Thanks, man. Thanks. I was going to give props to the person that finally told you, hey, Josh, you need help. That person needs a raise. It, it was me. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, there's no way. You need I a raise. I, I can't do this. Dude, who would have thought that Success Magazine was, a, or just Success in general, has been around since, what, 1897? I didn't know that until you guys said, you want to work here? I'm like, sure. And then I looked it up. I was like, what? <laughs> Like, yeah, I want to work here now. Yeah, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, so so the uh, the brand has has been around forever, but um, but we're really on the dawn of a of of a new era of it, I think, and that's partly why you've come in. I mean, I'll give you a little bit of my background. Um, I've I've been a success since 2012, and and I've uh, you know one of the people that I've edited and written a cover story about is John C. Maxwell legendary leadership author, right? And he's been a columnist in the magazine for forever. But we we recently went through this acquisition process and we're reimagining our content and trying to bring it into, you know, uh, not only the 21st century, but set it up for, for the second half of the 21st century. Um, and talking about leadership in the old way um, just didn't make sense anymore. And I love John Maxwell and have great respect for all um, of his work, but it was time, I think, to bring in some new voices who um, could could get us in that same lane, but also um, really take it into the future. And, and I think that, you know, what people who are listening to this want to do basically mm. is build their influence, their sphere of influence with others. Mm. And so that's exactly what you've done. Let's let's talk through sort of your career. I, I I loved your introduction column where you really gave people a chance to to get to know uh, your your journey. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, it's 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 been a journey of lots of ups and downs. 
um, a lot of failures and amazing successes. So uh, thanks. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I, I, where do you want to start, man? Because there's a lot to this. And um, I don't usually talk about myself, so it feels very awkward, by the way. Get used to it, Holmes. Um, Thanks. <laughs> uh, let's start as you did in, in your introduction column. Like in college, you were sort of waffling a little bit on law school or, or going into real estate. Yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll, up, I'll uh, one up you on this one. We'll start in high school. So I'm graduating high school and I'm telling my mom, hey, I'm not going to go to college. I'm <laughs> just, you know. I'm just going to chill for a little bit and take a year off. And she's like, nope, I'm signing you up for college. So she went ahead and signed me up for college and I got accepted. And uh, that was the only college I got accepted to because that's the only one I applied to. Right. It was a Cal State Northridge. And so I'm a year in and I I uh, I meet my wife, my future wife at the time, fall in love with her. And our parents are like, you're too young. This is crazy. What the hell's wrong with you? You've got a whole life ahead of you. And, uh, well, we did it anyway. <laughs> we got married when I was 19. And, and then from there, you, I, you I, got married I at 19, got married at 19, man. Wow. It's uh, and we're still married so happily, which is nuts. You've right? been, you've probably been married to her longer than you weren't married to her. That's right. We hit that point. I was like, wow, this is nuts. Right. All but right. look on that, you I look back and I'm like, I was in college, married with parents that weren't happy, <laughs> living in, in a bedroom in my mother's house. She wasn't happy that we were there. And then from there, growing and taking a chance in what I thought I had as the only opportunity for growth was either law school after I finished college or real estate. And I did both. I was like, let's just go in and see what happens. And real estate took off. I was like, see you later, law school. And then the real estate market tanked, right? And then that was that that great recession that we had in 2008, 2009, which that was fun too, right? <laughs> but uh, going through a lot of struggles in there, almost lost our home. I had saved all my money from real estate before. So we got to use that, make it through. And then I started fooling around with online leads, which is what opened up this whole new world. It was Craigslist first, was popping up ads, want to buy a home, want to buy a home, check this home out, check this home out. All right. And then from there, I'm like, uh, let's take a look at what, what else is out there. Google, I hear the Zillow company is pretty cool, right? Realtor.com gave me a call and said, hey, we've got these cool, amazing new zip code product if you'd like to test it out. And I did, I took the whole county at the time. I was doing so well with them that they said, hey, Tristan, you have a high conversion rate on this, these online leads, and we don't know anybody else is doing so well. Why don't you come down to our office and shoot a video and let us know what tech you're using, how you're converting. And I'm like, sure, let's do it. And then I look at the address. They are in the same building that I am in Westlake Village, California. I was like, who knew? I didn't know you guys were next door. Hold on. Let me open my door and go over there and record a video. I did. And then that was sent to the executives at realtor.com. And they're like, who is this guy? We want him on stage. He's got a lot of knowledge. So next call I get was from the execs of realtor.com saying, hey, uh, you're doing cool things on this. Can we have you on stage at NAR 
in front of 20,000 people so you can kind of tell everybody how you're using Realtor.com? And I said, uh, yeah, but you have to fly my family up to San Francisco. I was in San Francisco that year. And they said, yeah, we'll pay for everything. I'm like, I'm in. And uh, on our way to, to San Francisco, I'm like, hey, honey, this is pretty cool, right? Because at that time, I had a, a little guy. He's, uh, he was like two years old. And my daughter and my wife were all flying to San Francisco. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. But, you know, I don't know where this is going to lead. But it's an opportunity for something awesome. And I go, maybe we should start. I go, maybe we should do something with this. You know, maybe I don't know where this is going to go. My wife's like, you should start a Facebook group. I'm like, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> I Okay, so what was the year? This is like 2010, 2012-ish. Wow, Facebook groups used to be a thing then. Dude, I didn't know. My wife knew. I didn't know. I'm, I'm, I just remember when I first got on Facebook, like it, the community was so different than it is now. Put some context around that. Like what was... What was a Facebook group then versus now? Like now it's just something that markets to me. You know, it's a great question. And there was a great report that was just published two days ago on this. But Facebook groups then was an experiment, right? Because I, I get to talk to Facebook weekly on, on real estate and Facebook groups and Facebook in general. And then you look back, they didn't really think that it would grow to where it is now as as a place where people go and work, a community setting that people connect with other people around the world. They just saw it as something like, hey, maybe we should throw this out and, and have a place for people to communicate on common interests, Yeah, right? It was that simple. And so now you see it as, as places where people can start a group and grow a business and then grow outside of Facebook to create something even more amazing. But it's... Did I, I didn't envision this when I started the group. So you guys did start the group. Tell us about the group and where it went from there. Yeah, I started the group and it was all on online lead conversion because that's all I knew at the time, right? And so I kept on posting. It was very lonely. It was just me and a few, few people there. And I, I asked Realtor.com, I said, hey guys, I've got this group and I'm talking about you guys because that's what I do. I lead I get leads and I convert them. And they're like, well, we'll push you from the sales floor. Everybody who calls will tell them to join lab code agents. And so they did, and they helped me grow that. And they would do webinars and they'd have me on them and I'd push people, real estate agents to that group. And then from there, I started finding people that were contributing and helping, right? A couple of my friends. Um, now one of the uh, CMO of BombBomb, Steve Passanelli. BombBomb is a video tech piece for, for uh, a lot of lead generation companies. And he was working at realtor.com at the time I brought him in as a, my first moderator. He had to leave because he left to bomb bomb. And he said, but I've got this guy, his name's Nick Baldwin. He's really good. And so I brought in Nick and Nick and I started growing this community even more. And that's when, when he came in, he's like, Hey, you know what? You could probably monetize this. I'm like, what do you mean? because it was just a free group. He's like, well, uh, from what I've seen other groups, it looks like they have like affiliates or, or you know, if you promote a product that you're using, maybe we can make some money. And I'm like, sure, what, what product should we look for? And so we started looking for products that we use that could help us in that way. 
And then companies started spotting us. Uh, Inman News looked at us and they're like, you guys have so much great content. We're going to grab some of that content and create blogs out of it. And so they started doing that. And then at one conference, we were speaking about Facebook lead ads and Facebook was in the audience. And they're like, hey, I work for Facebook, a little card. I'm like, no, there's no way you work for Facebook. It's like, yeah, I work for Facebook. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. I hadn't really seen anything like that. Give me a call and then we'll talk about what we can do. Give them a call and then fast forward to where we are now. We've got a great partnership with Facebook because of that. So uh, the group's grown a lot and it's given us a lot of opportunities. One thing that nobody knows on the back end of what we do is as we started growing, Josh, it became a business. And what happened was all of these new company startups started approaching us and saying, hey, we've got this great new product. Can you help us launch it? And at first we're like, yeah, this is amazing. Let's do it. That's great. And then as we started seeing these companies grow and us not benefiting from that growth and allowing them to do it on our platform, we thought about it and we're like, well, why don't we ask for a piece of these companies? And so that's what we started doing. And now some of these companies have gone, have gone on to be worth millions and multi-millions. And we were lucky enough to, to be part of their growth. So that's, that's where we're at right now. So based on your story, I, I want to break what we talk about down today into three parts uh, to help everybody um, get to know you better. Um, and that is the people closest to you. You mentioned, you mentioned your wife, obviously your kiddo. Um, yeah. That is the people who have come into a tighter circle with you. Those people who made, um, you know, connections that have helped make your career. And then I want to go to the biggest circle of all. And that is the, the, the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that you've influenced. Um, so can let's, let's start just on, on the, um, the micro level, uh, be, mm -hmm. because in, as the people editor, you're, you're talking, we're talking about influence and leadership. Yes. But we're also talking about, um, relationships, one-to-one, -one, the closest relationships in your life. Success is not just a business magazine. We're about, um, developing happiness and, and health and growth and purpose in, in all of your relationships, the, including the one yeah. with your spouse. Um, so just tell us that original story of, of, uh, at 19 years old meeting and, and getting married. Yeah, that's, what was a, the, what was the romance like as a 19 year old? That's a great question, dude. I've, I've never had to answer this question. I can tell you now looking back though, that the way you lead your, your family is probably also the way you lead your business, which is interesting. And I always, always lead with, with kindness and I always do my best to to be a good example to those around me. And I've always done that, even from 19. So we met up and I I instantly felt like, whoa, this is uh she's pretty hot because you know, <laughs> right. We we're visual, we're visual, right? We don't know. And so we started talking and and it uh it just grew from there. It just grew from I'll tell you, the very first time we sat down and talked, it was with friends and she disagreed with everything I said. And I disagreed with everything she said. 
And it was about a roller coaster ride. And I was like, nope, you're wrong. And she's like, nope, you're wrong. And then I fell in love with her even more. I'm like, this is, this could work. <laughs> I like, I like the opposite factor, right? She and challenged so, you? She did. She yeah. challenged me big time. It's the first time. And, but, you know, I hadn't had a long life and I'm only 19. As we, we grew together and, and we fell in love, we also had challenges, man. It was tough. It, I think the thing that people, when they look at a successful relationship, they, it's like looking at a successful business. You look at it and you're like, whoa, that's amazing. How, how did you do that? So lucky, right? But there's a lot of work in, in the relationship that goes on even now. Like this is a daily effort. Like my goal in my life when I wake up is to impress my wife daily. Like I, that's, I, I live for that. And I, I want to impress my kids too, right? That's in the back of my head all the time. That's how you need to look at a relationship. And that, that never left. Right. And I think that that's what that's what keeps it keeps the spark going because they can feel that, too. You know, it's the energy. I think that's key, man. So how old are you now, Tristan? I'm 43, 43. So you've been together 24 years. You went 19 without her. Um, What are some of the ways that you guys I mean, obviously, you're different people than you were at 19 when you met. So how does how does how does. Uh, how do you grow with someone like that? And, and um, it, you know, long, long-winded question, but uh, yeah. how, how does it, are you more likely to, to grow together just by virtue of the fact that you're with one another and you're giving one another this patience or, or whatever? That's a, so it's also a great question. Dude, you're throwing questions that have never been asked. I love it. So I think for, for me in particular, when I look back, to college, all I had to do in college was go to school and be with my wife. <laughs> that was it. I didn't have a job, right? That was all I had to do. So we got to spend a lot of time together and grow to know each other. We didn't have kids until 10 years later. And that was planned. So I think when I look back, the the one thing that's allowed us to be able to grow closer together is the openness in communication, right? The openness in showing how you're, how you're feeling and knowing that there's two people involved here with two different ways of life and knowing that you've got to meet in the middle. And the only way to do that is just, just talk, talk it out. I'll give you one example, Josh, that was pretty, it was pretty brutal for us, but we were in this together. We had started lab code agents. Okay. And uh, then I made Nick Baldwin a business partner into into Lab Code Agent. So he's my business partner in this. And we're are you familiar with Inman News by any chance, Josh? Yeah, real estate news service sort of. Yeah, you you got it. So we were at we were heading to an award ceremony, uh, Inman News, and it uh, two thousand I don't know two thousand sixteen I think it was. And he and I are in the bus together with another guy. Uh, sitting in the same row with us. And there are three women at the front of the bus. We're like towards the back front of the bus and the bus driver. That's all. There's nobody else in the bus. This guy's a little drunk next to Nick. And he's talking about how he had found his wife cheating and, you know, all the stuff. And he was really pissed off. And then now he's on Tinder. Now he's happy. And we're listening, right? 
and he's going off and uh, and we think nothing of it. Then you fast forward three months later and we see this article come out on Inman News and everywhere else. You could just you could Google it. And it says that the founders of Lab Code Agents were talking smack about women and talking about Tinder and all this stuff. It was pretty bad. And so I'm sitting there reading it. It's unbelievable at the time. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Right? What did, what happened? It came out of nowhere. And so in the group, people started posting it inside of the group. And our group was small at the time. It was like 20,000 people about. And so they started posting in. They're like, is this true? Is this true? Oh, my gosh, these guys. And then we started. And then the messages started coming in. You guys are terrible. You should just let the group go. And then other messages. You should just kill yourself. Right. These are real messages. And Natural progression. Not beautiful, right? It just gets better and better. <laughs> sure, yeah. So these are the messages that we're getting. And without asking, hey, was this really you? Right? Was it? But then after you give it two days, then those people that know me started saying, hey, Tristan, we know Tristan. This is not, this is not even true. But at that point, Josh, it became too late, right? Now we went from a small group to over a million people reading one article, forget the rest of them, a million people reading one article and saying, who is, who's lab code agents? Who's this Tristan and Nick guy? And so that pushed us into a whole different world quickly. And it also taught me a big lesson in the sense of now people say things like, you suck at this, you're terrible at that. It doesn't bug me. But at that time when that happened, I mean, my wife was in tears. My kids are like, what the hell is happening? We feel something, right? I had anxiety. I'm like, whoa. And my partner shut down. And it was terrible for them too. But what happened was there was like, everybody got involved. Our brokers, Keller Williams, corporate, their attorneys got involved. It was pretty bad, man. And I had to call up companies like Facebook and like, hey, guys, there's an article. <laughs> I want to tell you about it before you see it. And uh, it's not true, but here's what it is. And that I'm calling everybody, all of our business partners that we know. And so I, I learned a lot from that one. First, it gave me thicker skin, number one. And then the other one is that there are going to be people out there that are going to try to just bring you down no matter what, because, because of their own problems in their own world. And what you have to keep on doing is continuing to do what it is that you do best. And in my case, I always lead with kindness and I let my actions speak for themselves. So now people look back and it's like, yeah, that's stupid. That's not true. Plus the attorneys did their investigation. I'm like, okay, great. No, that didn't happen. And then they gave us more leadership positions in Keller Williams, which was great for us. Right. So uh, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty big mess, man. And my wife was with me. That whole time, never doubted. She's just like, this isn't, this is stupid. But it hurt us because people were threatening us. Who was it that said in the future, everybody will have 15 minutes of fame? And, and now I've come to realize that in the future, like everybody will get, will have 
five minutes of fame because they got canceled. And so what a relief it was that your wife was there when for what you got canceled. Like ultimately the only person who, you know, whose opinion of you should really matter, your wife and your kids. And thank goodness that one of them was there to vouch for you. I met my yeah. I met my wife on Tinder. That's weird from like uh even just four years ago that uh it could be such an awful thing to have to have right? known someone from Tinder. The world changes so quickly, man. Uh, By the way, one of those people that I called was was Glenn Sanford, because Glenn and I know each other from a while. And I'm like, hey Glenn, this is what just happened, man. Just letting you know before you hear it. And we talked it out and he gave me some good advice. But um yeah, he's been around for a while, so we talk often. So that's um, one of the things, one of the other things I mentioned, those three levels of, of people and the relationships in your life. The second level was just those closest work connections, what your networking has done for you. And you mentioned kindness is something, bringing it to everybody you talk to. Um, I, I will say in our from the first time I met you uh, in a meeting um, just a couple of months ago, I was like, man, this guy doesn't really know what we're doing here, but he's being so cool about it and helpful. Um, and, and so like there, there's the old saying about in networking, it's just about bringing value to people, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, give um, the more people that, uh, that you'll be successful in life, the, the more people you help, that sort of thing is, how does that factor into just the kindness uh, belief that you have? Yeah, I think did I think that that's definitely something that my parents uh, instilled in me, and that was uh, just from the very beginning when we would go to any gathering. My dad would be like, "Hey, you're not just going to sit right here, not do anything, and not say hi to anybody. You see everybody in this room." I'm like, "Yeah." You're going to go say hi to every single person and introduce yourself. I'm like, no, I'm not. This is crazy. Because <laughs> I guess you are. And that's how it was every time. And, and that just broke down the barrier for me of, hey, you know, number one, just not approaching people and being kind to them. Um, but always coming from a point of contribution. It was my parents continually pushing me and saying, look, you're going to help. You're going to help people. You help them. They need, look, this person needs help. Go out and help them. And that just stuck with me through everything I did. So I got to thank my parents for that one. How long did it take you to get over that? I mean, did they, did, did, was your, were your parents uh, extroverts? My, yeah, pretty much both of my parents are extroverts and I'm not. So I love to sit in my room <laughs> and just do webinars and, Talk to people in this way. I feel comfortable, right? It's it's when I have to go out and talk in public. I, I've, I've talked to thousands of people from stage, but that's just like when I get to these little rooms where I have to talk to somebody, that's out of my comfort zone, right? But it's it's also all these great people that I've got to meet because of it. That would be like my second layer of people. Like those people that I talk to when when I need to continue to grow into who I want to become, like who do I reach out to that I know, right? That's close to me that I trust, right? And, and that's, those are important too, man, because we, we've had to do things in our, our little world here. We've had to do things that other people are, have never done. Like how do you bring a, a Facebook group into an actual company? 
And how do you grow that into a multi-million dollar company? And how does it function when a group invests in these startups? And then, you know, so we had to figure all this out on the fly, but there were people in the background helping us out as well. Well, tell me about some of those people. You've, you've got, I know, a team now. How many people um, work for you and what is what are some of the leadership philosophies you bring to it? Yeah. Awesome question, dude. I've got, uh, I've got three sets of teams. One is for real estate. We work in Los Angeles, Ventura County. So I've got a team of about 10 agents there, three staff, and we do well out here. And I've had that. I've had a, I've been in real estate since 2004. I've had a team since 2009. The philosophy behind that is, is very similar to just how I lead my life, right? I'm pretty, pretty transparent, but I also lead with kindness. I like the people that are in that organization to also lead with kindness, right? No selfishness and just coming from a point of value and contribution in everything that we we do business-wise. Then you've got lab code agents. We've got a staff of about now about 10 people on that one. And then a lot of moderators inside of the community. We had over 50, 60, 73. So they kind of run lab code agents on the back end on its own, which is great. Now we just participate through that with the help that we have from everybody there. And the same way we lead with, we lead with kindness, uh, even though we get hurt daily <laughs> by people saying negative things, right? And then I've got a brilliant tribe, which became a, a consulting company for tech companies now. And that one started with Facebook, right? I'm like, hey, maybe we could do something else here now that we're helping out Facebook as consultants here. And so that grew from there. And I've got a team of six that help companies grow their their influence, their engagement, and their online communities. So all of them are led in the same way. I want people that work there and that we touch on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis to feel like we're sincere, we're kind, and damn, we do a great job. Do you have a relationship with with anybody before you hire them or? or uh... You know, I, when I hire, I typically ask those that work with me first, who, who would you, who do you know that would fit into our world here that you would like to work with? That's my first question. I go to people that are already in our organization. If I don't find anybody there, like I, we couldn't find a project manager recently for uh, something that we're launching for lab code agents. It's called Elements. And we couldn't find a project manager. We looked everywhere that, that was local. I needed somebody local here to Ventura County. And we went out to find somebody. But we had like seven interviews, <laughs> seven interviews. And then we finally brought them in, but we needed to make sure because that one hire can ruin the culture, right? And it just, a lot of, I can sense a lot of people wondering like, well, if you're leading entirely with kindness, if the, if the organizational value is kindness, 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 then like, won't people just walk over you? Won't, won't they take advantage of you? That seems like a fear that a lot of people would have. Great question, dude. You know, I, I, I rewind to about 10 years ago. And I had, I had a few people, I was just kind of gaining momentum telling me, Hey, you know what, you know what your problem is, Tristan? I'm like, what? You're just too kind. You're just, 
you, you can't let them get away with that. This is literal. And I'm like, well, why do I want to bother my energy? Why do I want to waste my energy on something like that? And there were times that I thought, well, maybe I am too kind. Maybe I should change. And I would attempt to do it. I'm like, what would so-and-so do in my position right now? And it just wasn't me, man. And the more I embraced the way that I continually live my life, the more that I continually grew. And I realized after many years that kindness is probably the strongest principle, asset, value you can have. It opens doors and it breaks down walls. And, and I, because of kindness, you also protect those people in your world, in your life, and you're fierce about it, right? And that, that comes out when somebody's attacked. Because I always remember me getting attacked, right? Me and my business partner getting attacked for no reason. And that hurt a lot. So uh, I always remember that. I'm like, you know, kindness is, is a lot stronger than you think it is. Did you ever find out who on the bus gave up the or told this story? Yeah, dude. Um, it was it was one of the three women in the front who who didn't who didn't name us, but they insinuated it was us. As soon as that was released, the other two women spoke up too and were like, yep, yep, yep. And and that we just never found out what the what the reasoning behind that was, right? But look, they had their 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> they'll well, they'll they'll be canceled at some point if they haven't already. Um, yeah. it, the the idea of kindness being the most important value in in leadership it really resonates with me because it's some of the best advice that I've ever gotten personally, and, and I was like. 22, 23 at this stage in my career. Um, mm -hmm. and people who have followed success for some time may know that, that when I, when I started my career out of college, I worked, uh, I covered the national football league. I, I worked for the Dallas Cowboys. And, oh, wow. And, uh, so I had a, there was a, uh, at the time he was an assistant coach, but a, a guy named Dave Campo who had previously been the head coach of the Cowboys. Okay. And he was telling a story about when he was working in college uh, and um, got hired for a job. And, and um, the lesson from it, the, the guy who hired him, Jimmy Johnson, Hall of Fame head coach, had mm -hmm. the only person that he interviewed about Dave Campo was like the, the, the weight room towel guy at where Dave Campo worked. It was this random person that, you know, was not his, was not his boss or anything like that. He just wanted to know how he treated somebody who might not necessarily, uh, you might imagine ultimately matter. And so his lesson was, um, you know, whatever you do in life, just work hard, try your best, uh, and then be kind to everybody. And he got, and Dave Campo got to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, despite the fact that he probably wasn't that great. They, they never won. <laughs> they didn't win too many games when he was there. Um, but it worked out for him. And, 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 uh, I'm not that great. We haven't won too many games in anything I've ever done, but it's worked out so far. I, I, I want that, man. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk about like the, the, the same way that you bring value to the larger network. When How many people are yeah, in lab yeah. code agents right now? We've got in the Facebook group, we got about 140,000 and then our newsletters got about 250,000. 
And then between all the other social media sites, we've got another like 100,000 or so. So it's a pretty large network. This is a place where so many people, whether they are trying to build a business page or their, their own online persona, they want to build influence in their industry or whatever, um, they feel like they, they need to get to. Um, what yeah, has, what has a, been the core for you in, in growing? Yeah, in, in our growth, it's, it's always just coming from a place of value, right? And not expecting anything back. And like really not expecting anything back. It's an interesting when, when we talk to a lot of people that want to start groups, they want to start businesses. They're like uh, businesses in social media. They're all they're thinking they're thinking at the end. They're thinking, well, what, what happens at the end? How do I make money on this? Right. And it's almost the total opposite when it comes to to social media or your approach on anything like this. When you want to connect deeply with people and that's you got to go all in. And you got to give as much as you can without expecting a single thing. It's almost like, Josh, it's almost like lending money to somebody that's kind of your friend, knowing that you're probably never going to get it back, right? It's the same concept behind what we do. And people feel that. They're like, you know, this is really cool. This person gave like extreme value, value that I would pay for, right? Because they're successful here, 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 and here. And the stuff that they're saying works, this is weird. We're not used to it, but they come back for more. And that, that's exactly how I operate most of my businesses in the same manner. We always, we, we do our best to give and not ask for anything back. My relationship with realtor.com at the beginning, people are like, wow, you must've gotten paid. You must've gotten paid a lot, right? For going to speak around the nation for them almost like every other week. I'm like, I got paid zero. It was all of the connections that I made that mattered to me. Like that's, that's how I started growing lab code agents. That's how people started to identify with me in our real estate world of 1.4 million realtors, right? They said, oh, that's Tristan. And the more value I gave and the less, because they didn't pay me, the less they paid me. Uh, it just, I stood out more because then they're like, We'll call on Tristan, he'll do it. And he'll do a great job on it. So they called on me more and more and more until we got to where we got to. And at that point they said, well, how much do we pay you? Because we wanna, we wanna support lab code agents. You mentioned authenticity a little bit, really getting comfortable with who you are and being you are. Is that being who you are? I, I see you on, um, success achievers now the the achievers community that we're building and and um you know you're you're you seem very comfortable uh in your shoes just sort of navigating um that that platform as yourself with just come as you are yeah i think that that takes um that takes some time and it happens in different stages for different people right i think some of us some of us do have this imposter syndrome right um but I think my imposter syndrome died during the whole bus incident. Was, there was nothing else for me to, to conquer at that time. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to be who I am and let the world see who I am because there's nothing to be ashamed of. I just need to practice. Well, yeah, Josh, that's, that's a great question because there were times when I felt like, well, I don't know why people would be coming to me outside of real estate knowledge 
right? Because yeah, we do amazing in real estate, like top 1% in the nation. We kill it. We can actually sell homes, market them, right? We do really well. But when it comes to anything else, um, I didn't feel really comfortable when it came to business. Like, what, what would I know? Like if a startup came up to me and be like, where do we start? What do we do? How do we market? How do we grow? Um, and I had to, I felt at the time that I, the only thing I had to do to gain knowledge was read. So I made it, I talked to um, the CEO of Instagram. I don't remember his name. Sistron? Yeah, that's Kevin Sistron. He goes, um, you know, you know what I do when I want to learn a topic is I, I topic stack. I go, I've never, I've never heard of that. Well, how is it that you do that? He's like, well, I find the top five books of that particular topic and I dive deep into them. So I always remembered that. And I thought, well, I don't know much about at the time. I don't know much about finances, top five books. I don't know much about startups, top five books. I don't know much about, and then, and then I did. And then I did. And then I would practice it because I'd get to talk to these companies. Be like, oh, this is really cool. This is kind of what they said. And then we'd have to pivot a little bit because the world changes so fast, right? So that made me feel comfortable with, with the world that I was introduced to when it came to businesses, right? Investing in startups, growing startups, consulting now multi-million dollar companies, and, and just, it, it took time for me to catch up to myself. Do you ever have any, I mean, everybody's got to have some lingering doubts, like, right? And, yeah, dude, for sure. I think, uh, but I take, I usually take on those doubts pretty head on. So um, here, I'll give you an example. And I hadn't shared this with you, which is um, you, you and I were talking, we're like, hey, let's build this podcast, Right. And I'm like, yeah, great idea. I love it. Let's come up with a name. And, and you're like, you're the people editor. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do this. And you're like, this is what it means. And I'm like, awesome. Let's do it. And I'm like, okay, Josh, I got this person and this person. You're like, nope. I'm like, no. I go, what the hell does that mean? And then I send you another one. You're like, no. And that took me, I mean, I had like three, it's a three second shift, four second shift. I'm like, what does Josh mean? No, right? And so I had to, and this is from building it over the years, right? Being okay with letting go of the way I see the world and understanding that this is your world. You know this better than me. And I want I want to learn from you in this. Because the moment I said, no, okay, dude, tell me what to do. You said, let me show you. And then you connect me with the leader of the black uh, what is it? Black Lives Matter movement. I'm like, oh, I understand what you mean, Josh. I got it. So that to me has really served me a lot in the sense that, okay, I don't know. Show me. It's like one of the things in our relationship with people, whether it's the people closest to us or in work or um, our larger circle, you know, the 600 people you're friends with on Facebook who you're just sort of representing yourself to all mm -hmm. so much of our instinct is to want control. We want to control that one person. We want to control our situation uh, of our upward trajectory in our career with the, the as it relates to these 20 or 30 people. Uh, and in the larger tribe, 
as well. We want to control the way that we're thought of by everybody that we meet. Um, and it's just sort of impossible. Yeah. I think with what you just said, the more you want to control, the less you're going to grow. Because I, I look at the moment I just let go of controlling situations or wanting to control people, which is impossible. Uh, the more I allow myself to listen in and, and really grow. Because Josh, I'm in this to grow, dude. I'm like, you tell me what to do, I'll go do it, right? And I think I think we need a lot more people like that in leadership positions because as leaders, we also need to learn when to take the back seat and be like, I don't know what the hell this is. Help me. Yeah, it's like one of the the best traits of any leader is is um, just uh, uh, humility, knowing that you don't you're not the expert on everything, and so you have to be able to defer to to other people. That's it, dude. That's the key. And that's, I think, Josh, I think that's part of kindness too, but I just try to bundle everything into kindness. Definitely. Definitely. Um, So in the coming weeks, you are going to get to interview some, some very cool people, business leaders, uh, authors. um, We're working on that one interview that you mentioned, Um, but it's not necessarily an interview show. Let's, let's talk through what, um, well, what people yeah. can expect to, to, to get to, as we get to know brilliant yeah. thoughts with Tristan Almada. Great, great, uh, great segue into that, man. So brilliant thoughts. It, it took us a while to get to the name too. Right. But in essence, once I think I finally understood your vision on the podcast, which is awesome, by the way, I think then I started understanding what the name could be, right? Which is a combination of the most successful people out there. And in the term success can mean different things, right? But that's one portion. And then the other one is my thoughts on where the world is right now, where it's going, and how to better yourself as as a human being overall, right? And so... I think the combination of both sets it up for brilliant thoughts. Well, I, I, I'm so excited to see where, where you take this. I mean, it's, we are all sort of people uh, experts in our own way, but um, I, I think one, I, I just love what you bring to any, anybody you meet and listening is, is such a skill too, that you've written about. And I know we're going to, um, talk about in some upcoming episodes with, with your guests and things like that. But, uh, I've just enjoyed listening to, uh, to you today. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks for being on the first episode of brilliant thoughts, Josh. I can always say, (laughs) I can always say that it was me. I'll I'll be the answer to a trivia question. There you go. That, that would be awesome, dude. And plus you worked for the Dallas Cowboys, right? So, see, you were listening (laughs) and where did I meet my wife? You know, uh, you met her in Tinder because I remember it because of the See? whole bus incident that we had. It's terrible. I'll always remember that, Josh. I'll always remember it. Well, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening in to our first episode. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.